Turn with me to the book of John. The book of John and the 14th chapter. Jesus said, John 14 and 16, he said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. It's an interesting thing how the Lord has done this. If you read the rest of this 14th chapter, well, we're right here at it. Let me just read it with you. Jesus talked about from that verse down to verse 21 that he's going to reveal himself to us. Verse 20, he said, uh, those that keep my commandments, I'll love them and will manifest myself to him. Manifest means to show, to uncover, to reveal, to make known. If it's covered, you don't see it, you're not aware of it. If it's uncovered and revealed and made known, you see it, you know it, you're aware of it. And verse 22, Judas, this is not Judas Iscariot, a different Judas. He said, Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest, you're going to show yourself to us, but you're not going to show yourself to the world? He said, how are you going to do that? And the Lord answered, and basically he had already told him, but he says it again. If a man loves me, he will keep my words. My father will love him. We'll come to him. And make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. Now, we just got through reading that the world, the ungodly, unsaved, unbelieving world, does not know anything about the Holy Spirit. Did he, did he say that basically? Back up and look at it again. 1417. The Spirit of truth, whom the world, what? cannot receive. Why? It doesn't even see him. As far as the ungodly world is concerned, there is no Holy Spirit. Which is why there is the mocking and the making fun. I don't know about you, but I don't like to see uh, mockery of church things. And people supposed to be singing and, and dancing or jumping in the Spirit in some kind of movie or show, they think it's not real. They think it's just a bunch of people putting on. And they're mocking. It is real. And just because they're oblivious to it, doesn't mean it's not real. It just means they're unbelievers. And to unbelievers, it will continue to be like there is no God. And among other things, the scripture said God is a God who hides himself. So he is both a God who reveals himself and a God who hides himself. He's both. And so, you know, you cannot make people believe in God and you cannot, people say, well, I'm going to prove to my family, I'm going to prove to my co-workers that God is real. If somebody doesn't want to believe, no amount of proof will convince them. Miracles can happen right in front of people's eyes. And it doesn't necessitate that they will believe. Faith is a choice. And uh, here he said though. With believers. You do know him. 
Because he dwells with you, and, and now he talks about they you and I are, belie- or are in, believers, he will dwell in you. Thank you, Lord. And he does. And he is. And there are people, there are church-going people, to whom God is not real at all. They believe in him on paper, but as far as what kind of experience of God they have in their life, it's like there is no God. But there are people on the planet who are aware of him 24-7 that he is speaking to, that he is directing, he's doing miracles in their life, he's answering questions, he's giving help. And one of the greatest ways that he gives us help is through the Holy Spirit, the helper. Do you have any help, friends? Do you need help? Hmm? And in case you had any reservations about it, you do. You need help. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor, tell them that, say, you need help. You you need help. (laughs) And you should say, I know. I do. I know I do. But here's the good news. I have help. I have help. I do need help. We cannot do anything the way it could be done without his help. And it is so foolish to think we can do things on our own without his help. And people are doing it. And they're just making one mistake after another and coming short time after time after time. But you know, you got somebody in you. If you're a believer, you got somebody in you who knows everything. About everything. You believe it? And he will share some of these things with you. And reveal things. Keep reading. Skip on over to uh, the uh, 16th chapter. Well, I'm moving too fast. 26th verse of the 14th chapter. John 14, 26. He said, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Ghost is an old English word for spirit. The comforter, which is the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name. What will he do? He will teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. You as a believer. You do not have to fear. About losing your memory. And losing the ability to remember. You have divine help. If you believe right and not talk against it. You have divine help. Said out loud, He dwells in me. He teaches me. He brings all things to my remembrance. He makes me of quick understanding in the reverence of the Lord. Quick, sharp, bright. Turn over to the 15th chapter. <laughs> 15 and 13, excuse me, 16, 16 and 13, further things Jesus said about our helper. When he, the spirit of truth has come, what will he do? He will guide you. So he's going to teach us. He's going to remind us. He's going to guide us. Somebody said out loud, I have help. I have have big time help. (laughs) Major help. 
So, I mean, and when things go off spectacularly and they just work out amazingly and people look at you in awe and go, man, how'd you do that? Do you know what to say? I had help. I, I had a lot of help. I had big time help. Because you can think, you know, uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, his quickening can come to you so naturally that you can kid yourself that it's me. I'm just smart. I'm just sharp. I'm just, whew, I'm on it. (laughs) The truth is, he's helping you more than you know. He is so helping you. (laughs) Do you believe he's helping you even more than you're aware of? He showed me some things years ago. I won't go into it, but I'll never doubt it again. He is helping us so amazingly. Take a breath. Are you in charge of that? Are you making yourself do that? You don't even know how you did it. You don't. People say, oh, yes. You know, we've learned some things. And we know that there are involuntary muscles, you know, and, and there are this. And, and we know the, the, the parts, the regions of the brain where these stimuli come from. And it's, it's electrochemical. And we know, oh, yeah, you're smart. (laughs) So where does it come from to get to there? People look at you dumbfounded. That's when they break into their philosophy. Life. You can't see it under a microscope. You can see the effects of it. Spirit. You can't see it under a microscope. But something is causing these things to happen. You are a spirit. Made by the Father of spirits. Hallelujah. He gives us our life and our breath and our brightness of mind. And he even gave us his own Holy Spirit to live inside us and help us 24-7. Somebody say, I have help. I have help. I have help. He'll guide you. Into all the truth. He won't speak of himself. Whatever he hears is what he'll speak. And he'll show you things to come. He will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. What marvelous help. What wonderful help. Now we've talked about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. That mentions nine manifestations. Of nine different ways that he helps us. And I'm not going to go much further into that for the time, but if you weren't with us, uh, go back in the back and get the previous CDs or DVDs, go online, download it, it won't cost you anything. But look with me in the book of Acts, please. Acts, the 13th chapter, this evening. Acts 13 refers to some of the beginning days in the church, and we're, we're part of this same church. That we read about in this book. We have the same gospel. We have the same Jesus. Same Savior. Same Holy Spirit. Same call. Same great commission. And in Acts 13. And down toward the end of the chapter. Verse 52. It gives us a general statement. About the condition the church was in. In these days. It says the disciples were what? Filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. 
Filled with joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. Filled with joy. Joy. And with the Holy Spirit. This is one of the markers of really being filled with the Spirit. Joy. Somebody say joy. There's a lot of talk about spiritual things and people get weird talking about the gifts of the Spirit and talking about their spiritual experiences and folks get off. Not only do we have uh, revelation about the gifts of the Spirit, we have revelation about the fruit of the Spirit, don't we? Anybody remember the nine different fruit of the Spirit? That he refers to in Galatians. The first few are what? Love. What's the next one? Joy. Peace. Long suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. These are. Another way of saying uh, fruit of the spirit. You could say characteristics. Of the spirit. And the human spirit that's being influenced by the Holy Spirit is going to exhibit the characteristics or fruit of the Holy Spirit, which are the characteristics or fruit of God himself. And so if it's really the Holy Spirit manifested, you're going to see these things. Love. Right? If somebody's supposed to be moving in the Spirit and it's selfish and mean, I don't care how many scriptures they're quoting or how many tongues they're talking in. It may be a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Huh? And it may be real, but it's not God. See, not everything that's spiritual and real is God. This is confusing to some folks because they sense something supernatural and they know it's real. And so they assume, well, it's God. Not necessarily. If it's really the Spirit of God, what are we going to see? Love, joy, peace. We could go through every one of these, but these top three, if you're just looking for them, it would tell you a lot, wouldn't it? What if it's mean and selfish, depressing, and upset, scared and worried, that's not the Holy Spirit. If it's the Holy Spirit inspiring somebody to teach and preach, what's it going to be? Love, joy, peace, the list goes on. If one believer is, is talking to another believer and they say, I feel like I got something from the Lord. If it really is the Holy Spirit, what's it going to be? Love, Joy, Joy, peace, peace, right? And the rest of the list. If somebody's supposed to be a prophet, supposed to be an evangelist, supposed to be an apostle, I don't care who they are, what they claim to be doing, if it's really the Holy Spirit, if it's really Him, what you going to see? Love, Love, Joy, Joy, peace, peace, (laughs) and the rest of the list. You can trust this. He does not change. He doesn't need to. He's perfect. Right? 
And so we see, and we'll see this referred to more than one place. It said on this occasion, they were filled with the Spirit and with joy. The two go hand in hand. Being full of the Spirit and being full of joy is like uh, peanut butter and jelly. Cornflakes and milk. Whatever it is that you like, there's some things that just go together. And when you see filled with the Spirit, you're going to see this again and again and filled with joy. Let's look at some other scriptures. In uh, 1 Thessalonians, you don't have to turn there. They'll put it up on the screen for us. 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, I should say, in 5, chapter 1 and verse 5. He said, our gospel came not to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Joy. These need to be connected in your mind, in your thinking. Holy Spirit, joy. Joy, Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and came into that room like a rushing mighty wind, and he sat on them, these cloven tongues of fire appeared. What was the evidence? They came out of that room speaking with tongues, but there was something else. I said there was something else. Those who didn't know what had happened said, these guys are drunk, didn't they? That whole bunch, they said, is drunk, and they weren't drunk. But why would they think they're drunk? You don't think somebody's drunk because they come down out of an upper floor talking in French or Italian. You don't just look at them and go, they're speaking another language, they're drunk. No. There's got to be something else besides just speaking another language. They were acting in a manner that they associated with drunkenness. And there had to be this giddiness, this laughing, this rejoicing. There was joy. Joy. Somebody say joy. 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 Could we use some more joy in this life? How many think it would be one of the strongest witnesses in our life, if we had joy, oh, it is so desirable. So many people are so depressed. They're so sad and so defeated. And sadly, we're talking about Christians. There's a lot of people who are not Christians because they have relatives who are. And they think, if being a Christian is being like Uncle Joe and Aunt Susie, forget it. Why? Because they are the biggest grouches. And every time you see them, all they're talking about is, you're going to hell and, and it's a sin and, and you better do this and you're not doing that and why aren't you doing this? And, and not only are they judging, but they're not happy. It's obvious they are very, very unhappy. So why would we rush down and go to church with them to be like them? 
Well, let's forget about Uncle Joe and Aunt Minnie. How about you and me? Why would people want to be like us? Only if we have the reality of God in our lives and we have some peace and we have some life and we have some joy and some victory hmm? and some peace. If the Spirit of God really is in us and He's really doing things in us and through us, if it's really Him, what, what are people going to see? Love, Love joy, joy, right? Peace, long suffering, gentleness. What is, man, you've got to be strong to be long suffering, don't you? Because if you're not, it'll happen three times and you go, that's it, that is it. I've had it up to here with that. And that's just like your sinner neighbor does. No difference. But when it's time number 35 and you're going, well, God's on the throne. <laughs> and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you know, I don't know why they did it for the 35th time, but you know, there's probably something going on in their life that we don't know about. God's merciful. He's merciful to me. I'm going to be merciful with them. He's great. How many understand? You don't see that in the unsaved. That's evidence that the real God is in you. And he's manifesting in you and through you. If, it's, if he's really there, if he's really manifesting, what are we going to see? Love. Joy. Peace. And the rest of the list. Go with me please to Romans 14. We've seen these. This is our third reference in the New Testament. That we're seeing joy. King James says. In the Holy Ghost. Joy. In the Holy Ghost. Joy. 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 Do you understand being grouchy is being unchristian-like? Being depressed is being unchrist-like. Jesus was not grouchy. <laughs> you believe it? He was not mean. He was not ill. Was he? You believe he was? No, we can prove to you that he wasn't. We're, we're getting there. And yet, there's people who have justified their meanness. Religious people are some of the meanest people on the planet. I mean, they will brad you, they will nail you, they will kick you, and they'll give you scriptures why it's okay. <laughs> but if it really was the Holy Spirit, what would you see? Love, Love joy, joy, peace, peace Romans 14, are you there? Romans 14 and 17. He says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not just what you eat and what you drink. It is not just external things, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. What is the kingdom of God? 
it's not just anybody's rules that they come up with. It's not just about external stuff. Don't do this. Don't do that. Supposed to do this. Supposed to do that. Works. It's not just about that. It's about internal things. Things inside. And if we've really been born again. If we've really passed from death unto life. If we really are children of the most high God. And we have his nature. And his spirit in us. Even though we're still in this sin curse filled world. And even though we still got flesh. And even though we've still made some mistakes. And don't know everything. We got somebody in us. That is completely different from the nature of the unsaved in the world round about us. Don't we? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. This light. And you will see the kingdom of God. It's not just external and do's and don'ts. It is righteousness which we have by faith in our Lord Jesus. And it is evidenced among other things by peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody say, I believe it. If you do, what's the kingdom of God? Righteousness. Peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. You got any joy? Huh? (laughs) What if we asked your co-workers? What if we asked your co-workers about you? And we said, how about them? Are they a joyous person? (laughs) What if we asked your neighbors? We asked your spouse. We asked your friends. We called your name. We said, how about them? Are they a joyous person? Would they look and go, well, I don't know that that's the word I would. (laughs) Joyous. I mean, they're nice. (laughs) We are supposed to be peaceful. I mean, peaceful. We ask your neighbors. We called your name and we said, you know, how about them? They're a peaceful person to be around. They're a joyful person to be around. Would you describe them as unselfish? (laughs) See, it's it's possible to be a believer and to have the love of God inside you and to have the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord in you, but to keep it suppressed. And to yield to your flesh and be selfish and be depressed, even though you got all this inside you, it's possible to yield to the external and be just like unsaved people. And we've all made mistakes in this area, but let's quit it. Let's stop yielding to the outside and yield to this wonderful, (laughs) amazing love and joy and peace that's on the inside of us. Right? Now it's a choice every day of your life. Every day of your life you'll be tempted to be selfish and mean. Oh yeah. All you got to do is wake up in the morning. (laughs) And this flesh is with you 
And if you yield to how you feel and every thought that comes across your mind and every feeling that comes to you, you will not be spiritual. You'll be carnal and you'll do and say stuff that you shouldn't. It's a choice. You, you can be selfish and, and, and ill or you can choose to resist that. And even though you're tempted and you want to slap somebody and you want, you want to tell them where to get off, bite your lip, bite your lip. There's something else inside you. There's love of God. And even though you're tempted to worry and be depressed and, and be down, there's something else inside you. Joy. 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 And this joy is your strength. I said, it's our strength. Do you believe it? Go with me over to Nehemiah, where this is uh, written. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. Nehemiah, chapter eight. They had read the word of God to them for hours. You know, our modern church service which in, in many cases is an hour or hour and a half or rare to see them much over two, is a mo- well, unless you come to our church, but <laughs> is a modern development. Read the book of Acts. Read other places. They'd have church for half a day. They'd have church for, you know, they've been having church for three or four hours, and then somebody come in, something else happened. And I'm not suggesting that we just do a bunch of things to drag things out, but we have to watch about being in such a hurry. Because it can be just being carnal. Let's, let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit some more. It's love, what? Joy. Peace. What else? Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith, meekness, temperance. Is there some self-control in there? Is there some patience and long-suffering? See, your flesh, if you, any of us, your flesh will be antsy, impatient. Just, you know, you, you see people that are, are really getting in bad shape spiritually. I, we've ministered some folks along these lines. And they get to where they just, they, they think they can't sit still. I mean, they're not there five minutes and they want to go again. And there's no reason for it. This is signs of enemy activity. Amen. Are y'all with me, friends? Amen. And the enemy's always trying to get you away from where you're supposed to be. And get you away from the words you need to hear. And away from the fellowship and blessing that you're supposed to be around. And so whether you're praying or reading the word or you're in, uh, in service... Beware the impatience of the flesh. You ever felt like you needed to pray longer than five or ten minutes? And so you go in, you kneel down, and you're praying for seven and a half minutes. And your head goes, wonder how long I've been praying. (laughs) And so if you're not real smart, you look at your watch, and you go, oh, that's not very long. Feels like a long time. And so you're trying, well, I need to, I need to pray. There's something I need to pray about. So you're praying. And then, while you're trying to pray, your flesh goes, hey, 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 hey. And, and if you're not real smart, you go, what? 
<laughs> your mind and your flesh. See, the Bible says when you're praying in the spirit, your understanding is unfruitful. So you're praying in the spirit and your mind's just sitting there doing this. Because, hey, hey, you know my TV show I like is going to come on. Hey, 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 I saw some chicken in the refrigerator. <laughs> Let's go get it. Now, now, now. When are we going to go get it? When are we going to go get it? When are we going to go get it? How long are you going to pray? <laughs> There's some real simple responses you need to learn in connection with your flesh. No. And shut up. <laughs> shut up. No. Let's practice that out loud. Shut up. Now this is not what you tell other people. This is what you tell yourself. <laughs> and what else? No. 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 You need to practice it on a regular basis. Your flesh needs to hear this regularly. No. No, shut up. No. And just make yourself slow down and stay there some more and get quiet and be still. We live in such a loud world. We have invented ways to interrupt ourselves <laughs> continuously, haven't we? Technology can be so disruptive. And it can keep you preoccupied so that you're not hearing from God like you need to be. You've got to get quiet and be still and be patient if you want to hear from him and be aware of him properly. And you see part of the fruit of the Spirit is along that line, isn't it? Of this patience and this long-suffering, these kind of things. So, uh, did you find Nehemiah? They'd read the word to them for hours. And they saw from hearing the word that, man, they had come short and they weren't doing good. And so they all started crying and they were depressed over what they were hearing. And verse uh, 10, he said, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Said out loud, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Whose strength? My strength. My strength. Your strength. Is it true? Yes. Then what about depressed people? They are not strong spiritually. No such thing as being a strong Christian in strong faith and you're depressed all the time. I'm sorry. I know people like to think they are. But it's just not true. Amen. It's like we got said in the beginning. There's a lot of things that are spiritual and real. But they're not God. Right. So you got to watch about this. Now you're supposed to be praying. You're supposed to be seeking God. But you're so mournful. And you're so heavy. And you're so down. All the time. It can be spiritual. And not God. What's an evidence that it's really the Holy Spirit? Love. Love. Joy. joy. Peace. Peace. And of course, the, if you're full of joy, you're going to be full of strength. Amen. Strength. You want somebody weak, 
praying for you or somebody strong praying for you? Then do you want somebody depressed praying for you? That's not an indication of faith. Now sure, some things will touch your heart. And some things will bring tears to your eyes. And some things you, you're moved with compassion about. And some things the Lord will prompt you to pray about. And you're not necessarily laughing or shouting joy about it. But you don't live like that day and night, day and night. You pray about it and you get to victory and you stand up and shout. And you praise God for the victory. You don't go day after day and week after week depressed and down. There's no way that's okay. If that's the case, you're yielding to some wrong spiritual influences. Not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not depressing anybody. He's not confusing anybody. Love. Joy. Peace. Listen to some other translations. The Young's literal translation says, Be not grieved, for the joy of Jehovah is your strength. Don't be grieved. God's Word translation says, Don't be sad. If the Bible says don't be sad, what should you do? Huh? I said, if the Bible said, don't be sad, what should you do? Well, of course, be depressed all the time. No, don't be sad. Don't be sad. Because the joy you have in the Lord is your strength. The Amplified says it like this. Be not grieved and depressed. For the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. Don't be grieved. Don't be depressed. Don't be sad. Don't be down. Today's English version says, the joy, don't be sad. The joy that the Lord gives you will make you strong. Hallelujah. The joy that the Lord, three or four translations said it like that. The joy that the Lord gives you will make you strong. Depression, sorrowing and grieving will weaken you. It'll weaken you. But joy will strengthen you. It'll quicken you. You know what the world around you needs? They are seeing depression. They are hearing hopelessness. They are seeing people biting their nails and pulling their hair and and, and giving up and, and can't see any hope. They need you to come in the room and smile. And go, glory to God. He's still on the throne. And even people that think you're religious nut and they don't like you, they still, they wouldn't wouldn't tell anybody, but they like to see you come because at least you're not depressing. (laughs) And everybody else they're around is so depressing. And they wouldn't admit it, but they were feeling real lousy. And when you came in and smiled and go, hey, it's a good day. They so need to hear it. Because they are not getting it anywhere else. And sadly, millions of Christians are not getting it at church. They're not. I don't claim to have always preached it perfectly. But you know, millions, they, they come in and they're so sad and they're scared to rejoice. They come in. 
And the preacher goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And tells you about how bad it is in the world. And how many awful things are going on. And you already saw that on the news 20 times this week. Friend, we are not supposed to be like the ungodly, unsaved world. We're supposed to be different. We are light and life and salt and joy. Joy in a depressed world. Peace in a scared, upset world. Love in a mean, selfish world. That's us. That's you. That's me. Even people that think you're nuts and they think your doctrine is all messed up and everything else, they ought to at least like your joy. They ought to like your peace. It'll just wear on them. It will. And they'll get used to you. Even though they don't know it, they'll be waiting for you to come and and won't realize it. And then when you come in, because they know you're not up and down. You're not yo-yo. You're not, you know, well, wonder how they're going to be today. Let me go over that again real, real slow. (laughs) You're not up and down. You're not, well, I wonder if they're having a good day or when they're having a bad day. You are like your master. The same yesterday and today and forever. You got love, joy, and peace yesterday. You got love, joy, and peace today, tomorrow. Love, joy, and peace. That's just you. Huh? Johnny, love, joy, and peace. Susie, love, joy, and peace. That's you. That's you. Every day, every night, that's you. That's you. How can you be that way? It's supernatural. It's something, someone bigger than you. One of the things that we've got to understand about this joy, it is not circumstance dependent. Are y'all with me, friends? It is not dependent on what's going on in your life. Anybody can be happy. When they just got a bunch of money or they, somebody did something great for them or everything's going good. Things are going well. That's not the joy of the Lord we're talking about. This joy is completely independent of anything that's happening or not happening. Which means you can have it all the time no matter what's going on. Anybody believe it in here? Said out loud the joy of the Lord. Is my strength. The joy of the Lord. Makes me strong. Makes me strong. So when you need to be strong. What are folks doing? Christians doing wrong. I mean when they need strength the most. When they are at their lowest. And things are at the worst. What do most Christians do? They cry. They pull the blinds. They get out an extra box of Kleenex. Right? And they say, y'all pray for me. And without meaning to so many times, they're actually yielding to grief and sorrow, which is going to do what to them? Make them even weaker. And, And you do that for a few days and few weeks and months, you'll get to where you can see no victory, no hope, no way out, because you are, it's not because there's no way out. It's because you are completely weak and strengthless 
and faithless. What do we need to do, saints, when things are not going good, when we're not feeling good, we're not feeling up? What do we need? We need more strength, which means we need what? We need joy. And we need to get our mind renewed so we don't just yield to it and start crying and feeling sorry for ourselves and talking, you know, about the problems and the bad things. We, we need to begin to yield to the joy. Can you yield to joy instead of depression? Can you? Is it a choice? Can you by faith have joy when you don't feel like having joy? Can you? You can. You can. Notice with me. Joel 1 and 12. They'll put it up on the screen for us. I know some people's pages are stuck together back there. So, Joel 1 and 12. But how many think there's some good things back there? You ought to go ahead and open it up. And in Joel 1 and 12, it says, The vine tree is dried up, and the fig tree languishes, and the pomegranate tree, and the palm tree, and the apple tree, and all the trees of the field are withered. Sounds like a blues song. Everything's dried up. It's all bad. So what's it time to do? Cry. Feel sorry. Why? It's all dry. Whole thing's dried up. Dried up. Markets dried up. The business is dried up. Dried up. It's all dried up. Withered away. Dried up and withered. Withered. And dried. <laughs> why am I, why am I keep talking about this is this the world all around us Amen. is doing this twenty four seven and then somebody will do a special on it. <laughs> the story about withered and dried. Documentary and, and, and the news reports. You know, and you'll hear it, and it'll be on the 24-7 cycle. And if you sit there and watch it, you'll hear it 500 times in two days. Withered, withered, dried, dried, withered. Withered up, dried up. Why? Everybody cry. It's awful. Feel bad. Now, now here's the phrase that is really enlightening. The last phrase. All that stuff is, is bad. Because joy is withered away from the sons of men. This is very significant. Our joy is withered up because the uh, vine tree and pomegranates withered. No. 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 The trees are dried up, still dried up, because the joy is withered away. Now here's here's an enlightening question. Everybody awake? You need to be awake on this. Are you sad because it's bad? (laughs) Or is it bad because you're still sad? (laughs) Huh? Huh? Are you sad because it's bad? Or could it have been changed last week? If you wasn't still sad, if you weren't still down and depressed over it, look up, don't take my word for it, look up the language in the scripture. I was looking up some of these words earlier today. It says it exactly like this in the original. It's for, because of the joy being withered, these things are this way. 
All of it's dried up and withered up. Why? Because the joy is withered away. Everything natural is being affected by spiritual things. And even if everything is dry and desolate and dried up round about you, it can be changed. I said it can be changed by spiritual forces that are greater. And joy is strength. Spiritual force, spiritual power. And you can be in the most desperate, desolate, dried up, messed up situation. But if you won't do like the unbelieving world, if you won't throw up your hands and give up and be depressed and cry and feel sorry for yourself, if in the middle of all this junk, you'll stand up and begin to say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the joy of the Lord is in me. And I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer in Jesus. And I speak to this. You withered thing, blossom and bloom in the name of Jesus. You dried up and closed, open up and produce and bear fruit and begin to laugh and begin to shout and begin to have joy. It will be like a spiritual fountain. Bubbling and breaking up through the dry ground. And it will begin to flow and change things in your life. You're not letting the withered and dried up dictate to you that you're withered and dried up. You're letting the joy flow out of you and change the withered and dried. Did you hear that phrase now? Are you sad? Because it's bad. (laughs) Or is it still bad because you're still sad? I won't take the time to to look at it. Anybody remember the the supernatural story of Hannah and how she asked the Lord for a child and she got Samuel who was a prophet of the Lord? You see when her breakthrough came, the Bible said she cried and she was grieving and cried for years. And even when her husband tried to comfort her and said, you know, well, baby, you still got me. She cried all the more. (laughs) And the Bible said that when she was no more sad, right after that is when she conceived and the miracle happened. When did her breakthrough came? When she quit being sad. She quit crying and feeling sorry for herself. She quit being depressed and being weak and let the joy of the Lord change things. Listen to Habakkuk 3.17. Habakkuk 3.17 says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, and the fruit be in the vines, and the labor of the olive fail, and the, the fields yield no meat, and the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. How many know this is hard times? This is bad. Forget recession. This is past depression. I mean, this is nothing. This is bad. <laughs> no fruit, no figs, no grapes, no olives. Flock, no herd. Although, everybody say although. Although Although all of it's this way, verse 18. Yet, 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 I will. He didn't say I feel. He didn't say I feel. He said I will. See, if you go by I feel, you're already defeated. Because people will say, rejoice. And they'll go, I don't feel. I didn't ask you what you felt like. Rejoice. You mean I don't feel like rejoicing. That's why you need to rejoice. You mean I don't feel like it. I know. You, you really need to. 
Yeah, but I just, I don't feel like it. And, and I, you know, I'm just the kind of person that if I don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm real. I'm just a real, per- yeah, real carnal. Real flesh and feeling dominated. That's not how you walk by faith. Faith can shout when it feels like crying. Faith can give thanks when it feels like giving up. That's what faith is all about. And friend, when everything around you is like verse 17, and it just looks awful and and nothing's going right, and yet you're standing in the middle of it rejoicing and giving thanks to God, you've got to have some faith. You've got to have something in you that's different from the people around about you. And how many think your good God is not going to let you stand there and praise him in faith and do nothing for you and not come through for you? He always will. Yet, though all that is going on, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will. Can you hear that? He keeps saying it, doesn't he? I will. I will. Somebody say, I will. I will. It's a good study to look in the book of Psalms and see how many times he said, I will. I will rejoice. And if you read the whole story, man, he's running, David's running from Saul. This is happening. That's happening. And yet he says, I will. I will. This is the day the Lord has made. I feel. No. I will rejoice. I will be glad. Somebody say, I will. Oh, we're having a breakthrough right now. Right now. There's some people getting some spiritual change. If you'll take it home with you and implement it, it will change your life. You'll be a different person in just a couple of months. But you you, you must not let yourself slip back into your old routine. Come back, plop down in the chair, turn the TV on, and go, "Ah." and then hear a bad report and go, I knew it. (laughs) Y'all pray for me. It won't do much good. I know folks don't like to hear that. But if you know to do this. And won't do it. We can pray for you. Till our voice gets sore. You got to do what you know. You got to walk in the light that you have. And faith is a choice. You can't go by how you feel. Faith is a choice. I want you to practice it. Say it out loud. I will. will Rejoice. In the Lord. Lord. You won't have anything to rejoice about. In the Lord you do. (laughs) It might not be much on the job. Or it might not be much in the area. But in the Lord. You've got a lot to rejoice about. I will. Say it out loud. I will. will. Joy. Joy. In the God of my salvation. Come on everybody. Everybody. Say it out loud. I I will. Rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. It's a choice. I can do it anywhere, anytime. It's not dependent on what's going on. Not depending on how I feel, nor my circumstances. It's above that. 
It's independent of that. Listen to some other scriptures that talk about it. In Hebrews 10, don't turn there, but Hebrews 10, 34, he said to those saints, he said, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. How can you do that? Somebody comes, they take your stuff away, and you go, well, glory to God. (laughs) Anyhow, (laughs) I'm going to praise the Lord. None of these things move me. I don't care. Yeah, but they just took your car and they took your money and they took your house. We are not thanking God for that, but you're thanking God. He goes on to say, you got a, you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Even if they took all your stuff down here, you go, well, they didn't get my good stuff. <laughs> my good stuff's in heaven. They can't touch that. Moths can't corrupt it. Thieves can't steal it. Can't, can't touch it. Can't get to it. And God is well able to give me. I mean the new stuff is improved. I've been wanting a new one anyway. How many understand a man, a woman like that cannot be defeated? I don't care what you do to them. You can't defeat them. I mean, it's, even if they got you pinned down in the ring and they got you tangled up in the ropes and the big opponent is beaten and the blood is spewing out of your nose, you'll look up through it and go, I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning this thing. And I'm just going to praise God right now because I'm winning. You can't defeat a person like that. There's nothing the devil can do with a person like that. The truth is, though, there are so many Christians, he hardly has to do anything. And they will cry at the drop of a hat. And somebody just look at them sideways. And not do anything for them. And they'll run to the house and slam the door. And go, I don't know why they don't like me. What do I ever do to them? That is the way to go down, down, down. It'll get worse and worse. And there is no daylight in that direction. It just, you, you'll get suicidal. You will see no light and no hope. And it will be bad. But then are you sad because it's bad? <laughs> or has it gotten so bad and stayed bad so long because you have been so sad and stayed so sad for so long? What's causing what? And is it possible in the worst of situations? In the midst of the dark. To look up through tears. Through all kind of situations. And say. I. I will. will rejoice. rejoice. <laughs> I, I. Will. will be glad. I'll be glad. I will be glad. I'm telling you friend. Just making that statement by faith. You'll begin to sense something begin to happen inside you. You'll begin to sense some life. And some strength begin to come into you. Maybe just a little at first. Sometimes a whole lot at first. But you're now what you're doing is you're opening the door for the Lord. You're inviting him in. You're not working against him. You're working with him. Can you say glory to God? James 1 and 2. James 1 and 2 says. My brethren. Count it all joy. When you fall into divers. Temptations. That can't be. Circumstance dependent. Happiness. This has got to be something more. 
You're in a big temptation. You're in a big trial. And people come to see you. And you go, hallelujah. <laughs> Got the victory. What's going on? And you don't go, y'all pray. It's bad. I'm telling you it's bad. I, nobody knows what I'm going through. That's not true. Bible says everybody is subject to the same temptations and trials and tests. And Jesus has been tempted beyond where any of us have ever been. You've not yet resisted to blood coming out of your pores. Right? So not only has somebody been where you are, somebody's been way beyond where you've ever been. And didn't quit. And didn't give up. And do you know how he made it through that? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the scourging, the whipping post, the cross. He endured it all. Why? Because he could see. He wasn't looking at the pain. He wasn't looking at the, the thing that was happening at the moment. He could see your face, my face. He could see you saved, me saved. He could see us all together ruling and reigning a thousand years. Come on from now. And in the midst of such agony, he had joy. That sustained him and it made him so strong even though he could have called for the father to give him legions of angels and get him off of there. He was strong enough. He didn't even open his mouth. That's strong. Is that strong? What made him so strong? It was the joy that was set before him. In fact, go to Hebrews in closing, I think. The first chapter. And notice this. Hebrews 1. And nine, is this joy we're talking about, is it circumstance dependent? It's not dependent on anything going on around about us uh, that hasn't happened. It's, it's not, you know, so in the world, people are, why are they so up and down? Well, it depends on what's happening. Somebody said they loved them. Oh, they're on cloud nine. Somebody said they don't love them anymore. Oh, suicidal. They got a raise. Oh man, party time. Let's go out. Let's eat. Let's rejoice. I lost a contract. I don't feel like going out tonight. (laughs) Talk to you next week. That's how unbelievers live. You are not an unbeliever. I said you are not. Are you? You are not an unbeliever. And when we live by faith. People around about us won't even be able to discern what's going on in our life. We could be having the roughest day we've had in the last 35 years. And we sit down beside somebody and go, hallelujah. <laughs> you got the victory? Because I do. Huh? Let me tell you what the Lord said to me today and begin to share it and begin to talk about how good he is and about what things are going on. Because not only are you in faith about what has happened, you don't have to tell them. You're in faith about this thing being turned around today too. If people can tell by being around you for five or ten minutes... What's going on in your life bad? You're acting carnal. Right? If you come in, you shuffle down. And ten minutes after you're there, somebody comes over and go, is everything all right? Mm-hmm. Something wrong? It means you're not doing good. Yeah. Spiritually. You're transparent. You're yielding to the flesh. You're acting like an unbeliever. And we've all made mistakes in these areas. But do we have to live like unbelievers? Do we have to live circumstance dependent? 
If things are up, we're up. If they're down, we're down. Or can we be like the greater one who's inside us and just unchanging, unceasing, undefeatable love, joy, peace. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Do you want to be like the master? That's how he was. That's how he is. The Bible said, talking about Jesus, you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Listen to Young's literal translation. He did anoint you. God, your God, with oil of gladness above your partners. None of Jesus' companions, none none of the people that he was around or had dealings with were more joyful than him. See, when people think of Jesus, a lot of people today, they think of a picture that somebody painted of Jesus in agony and the man of sorrows. And they think that's how he is right now. Well, he did take our sicknesses and sins. He did carry our pains. He was in an agony a long, long, long time ago. Do you you believe? He rose from the dead. He He wasn't that way before the cross. He hasn't been that way since the cross. How many believe the tomb is empty? There is nobody on the cross tonight. Hadn't been anybody on the cross for a long, long, long time. Are y'all with me, saints? I know some folks don't like that because they've been indoctrinated with religious tradition instead of the truth. Jesus rose from the dead. He appeared to them, didn't he? After his death, burial, and resurrection. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, you got anything to eat around here? (laughs) Didn't he? And he ate fish and he ate honeycomb. And then after he met with them for a few minutes, the Bible said they returned and they were filled with joy. They were ecstatic. Well, you know they were. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and the joy just goes to a whole other level. And the church was known as the victorious ones. Christ, Christian, means anointed one. And the Christ was anointed with the oil, Amplified says, the oil of exultant joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. Jesus was not a depressed grouch when he walked this earth. Nobody was more joyous than him. Has that picture been portrayed in religion? It has not. Little kids loved Jesus, didn't they? They flocked to him. They ran. Little kids mobbed Jesus. It happened so much and so often that the disciples wanted to peel them off of him and go, no, stop, stop. Would you get your kids? <laughs> no. And Jesus said, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Let them come. Let them come. And they'd just wrap him up. He'd hold them up. He'd bless them. How many know little kids do not like being around grouchy people? 
They do not run to and cling to the legs of grouchy, ornery, depressed. No. They want something fun and funny and happy and joyous. And the truth is, there was nobody around more joyous than Jesus. He had the oil of joy and gladness above anybody around about him. Why? Because he is the strongest. He has the greatest faith. And all of this goes together. He had the spirit without measure. And when the spirit is there, the joy is going to be there. When the faith is there, the joy is going to be there. When the strength is there, the joy is going to be there. In him, in me, in you. Do we have the same spirit he had? Then what else should we have? That same joy. Somebody say joy. Joy, 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 joy. Stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.